0: Do you know the meaning of your name? It could be a useful thing for you to learn and remember. Our son, we call him Zeke, his full name is Ezekiel, which means God strengthens. We named him that for several reasons. One was because four years ago when he was born, our family had recently walked through a dark and difficult time as Molly's mom, Lois, bravely battled cancer. We knew we needed God's strength, and that's exactly what we discovered in many ways. Uh, We saw it in the unwavering faith and courage shown by Lois. We saw it in the support of, of family and friends, and especially from our church family. We also saw God's strength for us as we faced serious complications during the final stages of the pregnancy. Because he came so early, our son has had some catching up to do uh, developmentally. But we've seen God strengthen him and strengthen and sustain us all. Whatever our circumstances may be, God is there. And his presence gives us strength and hope. That's the message of the prophet Ezekiel in the Bible. Today we begin a series on the book of Ezekiel. For the next three weeks, we'll look at what God is saying to us today through these ancient words. Ezekiel was called by God in the year 593 B.C. at the age of 30. He was a Jewish exile in Babylonia, whereas Jeremiah was in, Jerusalem. in our previous series on the book of Lamentations, we talked about how Lamentations was written by Jeremiah from the perspective of being in Jerusalem while it was overtaken by enemies and destroyed. Jeremiah witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem, and he, like so many others, responded with deep lament. Ezekiel writes about the next chapter of that story. Those who survived the destruction of Jerusalem were taken into exile in a foreign land. Ezekiel was one of those taken captive. Like Jeremiah before him, he called the people of God to repentance, which means to return to God. And he foretold the eventual rebuilding of Jerusalem. His his message in in some ways wasn't uh, an easy one to deliver or to hear, but it was still a message saturated with hope. Because it spoke to the present reality they faced, the devastation, and yet pointed beyond that to God's faithfulness and promise. Chances are no one here has ever literally been taken into exile in a foreign land. But we can all identify with what it means to be thrust into a strange and difficult place figuratively, a place We'd never want to go, and yet we end up there anyway. It could be the pain and uncertainty of a health-related situation for us or someone we love. It could be the loss of a job or a relationship that was important to us. It could be the sense of time somehow slipping through our fingers and the world around us changing in ways that we can't understand and in ways that make us afraid, or anxious. These experiences can leave us feeling like we are in exile, like we're prisoners in a place or situation where we'd rather not be. And as we're held captive in these difficult circumstances, we naturally wonder what can be done to set us free? How can we find our way again? Maybe we even wonder, is it too late? Is all hope lost? We've all been there in one way or another. I believe that God has a message for us to hear, and that through this three-week series on the book of Ezekiel, the Lord wants to speak to us and strengthen us for the living of these days. As a learning aid, we have a card for each of you. Will the ushers please come forward now? this is the card for our second to last series uh, in our year-long reading and preaching plan called Explore the Bible 2018. Um, a number of people have told me that our church-wide reading plan is helping them grow closer to God, and I invite you to join us. It's, it's not too late to begin. You can find the daily readings listed uh, in your bulletin each week or at sprychurch.com. The aim of Explore the Bible 2018 is to help each of us uh, hear God speak to us through the Bible uh, today. And when one of the ushers, is first one to finish, could you then please come forward to the choir loft to distribute the cards to the choir? Thank you. And for each series, we're handing out a card uh, with a memory verse. The first card is attached to a ring so you can keep all the cards together. If you need the Series 1 card and ring or the cards for any of the previous series, you can get whatever you need at the Welcome Center after worship this morning. Collect all 15 cards and use them to help you keep God's promises in your heart. It's a great, great way for you individually just to reflect on the promises of God or perhaps to make it a family activity or maybe around the dinner table or evening prayers, uh, you read the verse for that particular series. The memory passage for this series is Ezekiel chapter 34, verses uh, 11 to 12. It's printed on the back of your card. Let's read it aloud together. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock... When he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. Now These words tell us about the heart of God. If you want to know what God is like, these, this would be a great, a great starting point. This this image or metaphor of a shepherd, it goes throughout the scriptures and it's language that Jesus himself picks up. As he says, for example, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This metaphor in some ways seems a little distant from our world. But in, in the first century context, it was so prevalent to talk about shepherds and sheep. And for God to be our shepherd really gets at the heart of who our God is. We, like sheep have gone astray. When we stray from God's path and turn to our own ways, the Lord doesn't give up on us. Rather, he says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. Do you remember the days of clouds and darkness in your own life? Maybe some of you are living in such a time right now. Well, here's here's good news. God comes searching for us. And that makes it possible for us to return to God and be strengthened once again. God sent his prophet or spokesperson Ezekiel to share his message with a people who were lost and hurting. A people in exile wondering if life was worth living anymore and if their shattered hopes and dreams would ever be restored. God sends Ezekiel to give them a message that can strengthen them, because God strengthens. That's what Ezekiel's name means. And Ezekiel assures the people that God has not abandoned them, and that the day will come when God will return them to Jerusalem and restore the temple, their primary place of worship and the center of their religious and cultural life, really the center of their identity and that will be restored, God promises. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered and I will give you back the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart. And put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. From the very beginning, God called his people to be different than those around them, to be set apart. Not for the purpose of looking down on others or boasting, but so that God's people could be a channel of his blessing, a channel of his light into the wider world. The people of God throughout the scriptures, from the very beginning, were blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others, not to keep those blessings and hoard them, but blessed in order to be a blessing to others. At this point in their history, though, as happened from time to time, and as probably still happens uh, for us, they had lost sight of that calling. They had not rightly worshipped God, but instead worshipped false gods, just like the world around them. Rather than serving the poor, like God commanded and wanted them to do, They sought personal gain at the expense of the poor. They trampled the vulnerable. They exploited the needy. Their land had become polluted, Ezekiel says, by idolatry and violence. Think about that imagery. The way pollution can just kind of stain whatever it touches. And the land itself had become polluted by violence by idolatry. I mean, this isn't that far from our own cultural context. The people had turned away from God and become like the world. Through Ezekiel, God speaks a promise that continues to today. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll cut out your stone heart and replace it with one that's alive, a red-blooded, firm-muscled heart. Then you'll obey my statutes. You'll be careful to obey my commands. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. The world says, follow your heart. The Lord says, follow me and I'll give you a new heart. The world says, trust your spirit. The Lord says, trust in me. And I'll give you my spirit. What does that mean? How does that happen? In the Bible, the heart represents the inner core of a person. Not just the emotions, but our intellect, our desires, our will and emotions. All that, the very center of who we are, is represented by what the Bible calls the heart. And yet, we see, it's possible for us to harden our hearts. And that hardening makes our hearts and, and our spiritual lives and the rest of our lives like stone. Stone is dead. It's, it's not alive. It's not responsive. It doesn't move around. It can't do anything Just sit there. And that's not what God wants for our hearts. And so the Lord promises to give you a soft heart, not a hard one, a soft heart, a heart of flesh. And he does this by putting a new spirit in you. This is the Holy Spirit, his spirit. The Holy Spirit now lives in you. He changes your heart. He replaces a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. It's like a spiritual heart transplant. You see, when we think of our relationship with God only in terms of, well, God forgives me when I mess up. God forgives my past. That's true, but that's, that's just this much of the truth. There's so much more. It's not just about forgiveness. It's about God coming in and working on the inside of us and, and giving us a new heart. And a new spirit and transforming our thoughts and our desires and our will. And and God can do that. The Holy Spirit pours God's love into your heart. He heals your hurts and wounds and makes your heart more fully alive. He gives you a soft heart that's responsive to his promptings and, and filled with love and sensitivity to the needs of others. If you trust in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. God promises us a new heart and a new spirit, so we will obey, and and so you will be one of God's people, and he will be your God. This time of year, leading up to Thanksgiving, our minds and hearts are often especially attuned to the power of gratitude. You know, there's great power in gratitude it it can it can change our perspective. it can change our circumstances. The power of gratitude is is an amazing thing. A grateful heart is a happy heart, a content heart, a peaceful heart doesn 't really matter what 's going on on the outside if you've got if you 've got that power of gratitude within you, you can be content you can be at peace and we can cultivate gratitude in our daily lives that's part of the new heart and spirit that god wants to give each one of us here at at spry we're doing a november gratitude challenge last week we handed out gratitude jars and if you don't have one you can get a jar at the welcome center uh, right after worship this morning and we would love for you to participate with us in this church-wide effort, the Gratitude Challenge. Here's how it works. Each day, write down on a piece of paper one thing you're thankful for, then fold that paper up and put it in the jar. Before long, you're going to have to start smushing. (laughs) But you put it in the jar, and then on Thanksgiving Day, bring all the pieces of paper out and read them aloud as part of giving thanks. This simple exercise is something God can use to give you a softer heart and a more grateful heart. As a result, you'll not only have a more meaningful Thanksgiving, you'll discover greater fulfillment and purpose each day. Here's an example of uh, one thing I wrote down last week and put in our gratitude jar. It says, Spry Church. And I'm so grateful for you spry church you know God is is using our church to make a difference in the lives of others to bring healing to bring hope to us and to those around us and we get to be part of that what an amazing privilege I'm so thankful so grateful for you So I invite you to join us in our November Gratitude Challenge. You'll be glad you did. Your heart will be glad you did. Your spouse, your family, (laughs) I think, will be glad you did. Let's say this vase represents your heart. Our hearts can get filled with all kinds of emotions, desires, or thoughts that really aren't helpful. Envy, greed, anxiety, fears, idols or false gods that aren't worthy of our worship, or maybe regret, shame, grief, pain, you name it, all kinds of things can take up Residence in our hearts if we let them. And in response, some people think, well, maybe God will help me. I'll give give a little bit of my heart to God. But your heart is still divided by all these things. And the Lord wants to do so much more. He wants to fill our hearts with his love. So the Holy Spirit brings those things deep down inside our hearts, up to the surface, and then the hand of God wipes them away. That's what God wants to do to your heart and mine. Now, that doesn't mean that suddenly life is easy and and it's, it's always easy. It just stays easy. Of course not. But when we encounter challenges or difficulties, the pain, the obstacles that come our way, those things, they don't touch the core of who we are. They don't descend down to the deepest parts of our heart because those parts are already filled. Our heart is already filled by something much better. Our heart is filled by God. And and those problems and struggles only touch the surface, because God has taken up residence in our hearts. And the Lord wants to give you a new heart, an undivided heart, a heart occupied by, filled with God and His great love, a heart that's filled with God's peace, that, that can Be replenished and revitalized and renewed continually through the power of God's Spirit in our hearts. How does your heart need to be made new today? In what ways do you need to be spiritually revitalized? What attitudes? Need to be uprooted. Now, I'm talking about the deep things that have deep roots, maybe the bitterness, the anxiety. You know, that, that doesn't have to take root in your heart. If it has, God can come in there and uproot that. What attitudes in your heart need to be uprooted? What burdens need to be lifted? What hurts, the deep hurts, need to be healed? What desires and habits in your heart need to be transformed? In Ezekiel's time, Israel went into exile because they had turned away from God. In that case, their exile was self induced, they brought it about and upon themselves. Sometimes our exiles are like that too. We basically cause them ourselves by what we think, do, or say. Other times, the causes may be different. But whatever kind of exile we might be facing, that doesn't have to define us. About 50 years after Ezekiel came on the scene to share the word of the Lord, God raised up another prophet named Zechariah. And Zechariah was born in Babylonia, born in exile. And he was among those who returned then to the land of Judah in the year 538 B.C. That part of God's promise to the people through Ezekiel was fulfilled. They would return to the land, but there was more to come. God had promised more, not just going back. To the land, but also rebuilding the rebuilding of the temple, the rebuilding and renewal of their life as God's people. But do you know what happened? They got back into the land and they started to get complacent. They started to say, basically, "Well, it's not as bad. Sure, we still see a lot of rebuilding needs to be done, but at least we're back here. At least we're not in exile." And and they started to become satisfied with just this much when God wanted this much for them. And so the Lord raised up Zechariah to challenge them and encourage them to complete the rebuilding of the temple. Don't be satisfied. Don't be complacent. There's so much more. Fully return to the Lord and you'll see it, he said. And part of what the Lord told the people through Zechariah was this. Listen to this. This is a great line. Return to your stronghold, prisoners of hope. Did you hear that? Prisoners of hope. Think about that line. The people knew what it was like to be prisoners. They had been prisoners in exile during Ezekiel's time. And now through Zechariah, God calls them prisoners of hope. That's what we are too. Our times of exile don't have to define us. If we let them, they will, but they don't have to define us. We are prisoners not of despair or pain or sin or shame, but hope. Prisoners of hope because of our great God who is always faithful and who promises to give us a new heart and a new spirit. The world says, follow your heart. Basically, figure it out on your own. But we know our hearts can mislead us. Our hearts can deceive us. I know my heart can do that for me. Our hearts can become hardened like stone. So when the world just says, follow your heart, you know, that's not enough. And that's probably not even wise advice because there's so much more. The world says, Follow your heart. The Lord says, Follow me, and I'll give you a new heart. The world says, Trust your spirit. Rely on yourself. Do it your way. You're enough. You can find your way. But our spirits can so easily give in to despair and discouragement. I know my spirit can. What happens to us and around us can sap our spiritual energy, leaving us feeling empty on the inside. And so the world says, trust your spirit. The Lord says, trust in me. And I'll give you my spirit. God wants to give you a new heart and a new spirit to strengthen you. Today and every day. That's the message of Ezekiel that God strengthens. This is what his name means. And that's what Jesus, whose name means the Lord saves, came to make possible for each one of us through the gift of his Holy Spirit a new heart and a new spirit for you, for me, for every one of us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your great promises. For all those ways in which we need a new heart and a new spirit today. Especially for those things that are so deeply rooted in us. Attitudes, desires, habits. We can't uproot them on our own we need your help would you pour out your grace upon us come Holy Spirit come strengthen and renew us that we may live as your people and in the confidence of children of God we trust you and as Jesus taught us now we pray together our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we.